0: Hello and welcome to University Challenge with me, your host, Tony Kent. Today, I'm joined by Sam Hornsby, the co-founder of the Career App, Eric. In today's episode, she talks about how she was turned down by three art schools, what made her stop trying to become a lawyer and how her friend became her co-founder.
1: I know you're going to love it. Hi, Sam. Hello.
0: Welcome to University Challenge and thank you for agreeing to come on.
1: Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for asking me.
0: (laughs) Well, we've had um, a little chat beforehand, um, but for the listeners today and the listeners to come, could you please share your name and what your job is today?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my name is Samantha Hornsby or Sam, unless you're angry at me, in which case everyone calls me Samantha. (laughs) Um, And what I do for a living. So I... um, run a company called Eric. um, And in short, we help young people get into the creative industries. So uh, that's a very short version.
0: (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, succinct, precise. People get what you do. Um, Okay, we'll come on to Eric in a minute. But before we do, we'll go back in time a little bit. What are your memories of secondary school?
1: Honestly, I don't, I feel like I don't really have that many memories of secondary school. I think school in general has been blanked out, (laughs) you know, my brain has kind of tried to forget it. Um, Secondary school, so high school, sixth form, I I went to a sixth form college, which was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. But I, I, the thing that I enjoyed most um, and my strongest memories, I would say, are doing art or like, you know, the creative subjects like English yeah. art, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time in the art classroom badgering the poor man called Nick, who yeah. was our teacher. Yeah. Um, and I just spent all of my time doing that and I really enjoyed it. I um drawing, painting, pottery. I did a lot of pottery. Yeah. Um, strongest memories.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and I just had a, a flashback there of being banned from using the pottery wheel because <laughs> at, at secondary school, because me and my friends had thrown a bit of clay, but not in the pottery sense. Oh, okay. and what a waste! <laughs> what a waste! Because <laughs> one of my friends is is now becoming a ceramicist in her late forties, which is so cool.
1: That's it, and um, that's the big thing about pottery: there is no age limit. You could just carry on until you're like eighty if you want. you yeah. And
0: and had you gone to sixth form, so when you were doing your GCSEs, had you been sort of trying to focus on the arts then and that led you into your sixth form choices?
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. I was desperately unhappy at school. Um, Mm. I actually, my GCSE years, I have almost a bit of a memory blank about it, like in all seriousness, I do think I've actually blanked it out for a number of different reasons. I didn't like the school that I was part of. I really hated school, like, in general. I've I've never been academic, and, you know, I cannot make myself be academic. And so I was always told that I was stupid and that, like, you know, I needed to go and, I don't know, study harder and do all these things. I couldn't, you know, it wouldn't come naturally. No matter how hard I tried, I was never going to do it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, that sadly, the art that creative side of the school that I was in wasn't very nurturing. And um, they didn't really allow me to lean into the stuff that I was like, good at, I suppose. And So I wasn't allowed to spend that much time doing like, any creative stuff. Um, And so honestly, it's a bit of a memory blank, like genuinely, I had had an awful time, you know, and also, you know, people weren't that nice to me as well. So um, I feel like Mm. there's a little bit of bullying stuff that came in there um, that has, you know, further made me blanket out in my mind. So, but yeah, I was so, just generally very unhappy.
0: And when you came to sixth form then, cause that's a bruising experience. Did you go to sixth form kind of away from where your secondary school was? Did you choose to go elsewhere?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, very fortuitous. Um, uh, the school I was in, before was a boarding school so uh-huh. um I was already far away basically yeah. which is part of the reason that I hated you know I hated yeah. it um uh, and so for sixth form I actually moved back in I moved back home and so I went yeah. to a really near my parents it was yeah. actually very like uh I guess like uh <laughs> it was it was a school for people who weren't really fitting in with you know yeah. our school I suppose so there was a certain amount of freedom that they gave you because you kind of the students had demanded it and they didn't really have an option so there were certain things that you could do like you could smoke like just school and stuff like that that (laughs) kind of gives an image you called all the teachers by their first names it was very very like libertarian yeah really enjoyed it um and that was the place where I thrived the most because they really valued creativity as well
0: yeah And and what do you sort of see as the kind of key indicators of that? Um, And I remember actually, sixth form college I went to, I was like, "What do you mean I can use your first name?" It was a revelation. It was quite like human (laughs) to human, you know. Yeah. Um, How did they help you? How did they help you to really like embrace your
1: artistic talents and appetites? I think they were open to, they recognize, again, it's that leaning into what you're good at, isn't it? I think if someone allows you to lean into what you're good at, then, you know, a whole world is kind of, you're unleashed into a whole new world that you would never had access to before. And it was the simplicity of that. Um, Nick, the art teacher was absolutely phenomenal. Um, He, you know, really had this passion for people being, you know, artists and like exploring those worlds and like giving people the opportunity to be able to um, have access to that and and also like value it Um, I think that's something that's part of you know often the reason that schools don't allow people to go and pursue those kind of subjects in a more serious manner because they don't value it you know and then yeah that can lead you to whereas Nick was like really and truly kind of you know open to all of these things and and knew lots about the art world and all of the opportunities it could bring you so he he kind of encouraged that in the students yeah Uh, and that was something that I'd never really I'd never really experienced before at my primary school um I had a teacher called uh, Mrs Sturt who was actually unbelievable and she really did nurture that but that was when you're so young that you're not really kind of considering career options and stuff like schools are not telling you to lean away from things yeah that but anyway that's another story
0: (laughs) but it's so true and just as an aside I went to my kids prime when they were at primary and they lined them up when they were like eight and said what do you want to be and so one boy says policeman and the next boy goes policeman <laughs> uh, policeman, and they're all like what did that boy say um, and then one little girl went a mummy and so her mum was like I'm the best mum because my daughter wants to be a mummy um, I was like why don't you want to do something else and felt like an awful person um, but yeah so they were you know leaning into just copying what the next child said or, or being what they saw at home yeah I think there's
1: Um, so much you can do with primary school kids
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just full of little policemen Um, so you've done sixth form Nick's amazing Mm. what was expected of you or what what did you hope to do next was it you're going to go to uni or not
1: yeah so like i was very much i mean every school in the uk i think is like this unless it's like a really unusual school and i the school that i was in definitely did still fall into the trap of the only option that you have is to go to uni art yeah. was fine but you've got to go to art school you know okay. <laughs> the only right. yeah um, and so i i tried i didn't get in to any art school yeah. <laughs> it I was still very set on the idea that I wanted to be a potter, like that was my thing, and like yeah, it was heartbreaking to be, you know, the whole way through school, I've been told that I was stupid because you know I wasn't creative enough. Sorry, I was too creative, and that doesn't fit into like the kind of corporate world. Yeah, and then I finally found this subject that I was, you know, great at. Well, I think I was (laughs) clearly the (laughs) answer, but like you know, I really enjoyed and I had a passion for it, and I was like you know like wanted to do it in my free time which you know
0: yeah
1: you want a student to be able to do to have such a passion for something they want to do it all the time yeah I tried to get into art school and yeah they rejected me and I was like I didn't realize that there was a box that I needed to kind of tick or like what's the format that an like unconventional person needs to take and I don't really it's kind of ironic in a way where it's like artists you know art schools are all very like oh you should be yourself do this it's like but not if you're that (laughs) yeah to our art school if you're that weird
0: and it's, it's odd is there um something I'm really curious about is let's say you're applying to to art school does it matter where you went to college is there still that thing of well you didn't go there so you can't come here
1: i what well, the art schools have
0: hmm do they uh,
1: maybe yeah maybe i think it is a very privileged world like I would right. definitely do that. but so many people who go to art school are very much from private schools yeah um, and i actually have a friend I f- have a friend who went she also got rejected from all the art schools and she ended up going to um school as uh, art school in spain and yeah. I think ironically, she probably had the best <laughs> education and they didn't care at all, you know, like, yeah. I think that, I mean, don't get me started on the, obviously I'm very bitter and, you know, have had a real trip on my shoulder about it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I do think the art schools in the UK are, and I do mean this, like, ironically, you do have to fit into a box to be alternative enough to go there. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't fit into that. And I was just like, it was like a, you know, kind of, dagger to my heart every time I got another rejection from another art school it was like twisting the knife bit more yeah all I want to do is just do pottery I've been yeah. told this is the only way to do it so what else do I do like I do I have to give up the dream is there another option out there was hard it was difficult yeah and
0: and um, what did you do then so I mean obviously these people didn't know what they were dealing with you know
1: the opportunity missed out on is yeah I don't know, I really. know um so yeah what did you do um so I panicked yeah. <laughs> um, I was like officially in the bracket of alternative career path but I had no idea what that meant because no one's ever okay. told me what that means yeah Um, I was still had this kind of understanding that you in order to your next step is always going to be uni, like what yeah. other option is there? Yeah. So I actually did try to, I applied to go and do Lee, um, uh, law at Leeds Art, uh, not Leeds Art School, at Leeds Law School. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been all I didn't get in. Um, yeah. And I actually, I actually did get in, which was shocking. The entirety yeah. of my they fell off their chairs, like no one could really believe it. Yeah. Were so desperate. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, tried to do that. Went for less than a year. I was like, "This is not the environment that I'm going to thrive in," because I wasn't good at a classroom environment. I'm definitely not going to be good in a lecture theatre without the motivation of a teacher telling me what to do. Yeah. So I left probably the end of the first year, and I was like, "That's you know never going to be an option for me." And so then I just started, I guess, applying for any job that would have me. I knew right. that I wanted an office job. Um, and so I just applied to all jobs everywhere, no matter what they were. I was just applying, and I got rejected from probably about 500 jobs. <laughs> oh God! And and
0: if you can if you can hear a noise, it's my dog singing for his dinner. Um, so I apologise if there's not no, he's just voicing his disgust that you didn't get your place, gone to a uni that is not right for you. There's a course that's not right for you um and were you applying for jobs that it was just I need to make a living or was it this will give me a foot in the door to what I want to go on to do
1: a foot in the door I was like I've got to try something I think the stuff that I had learned from like being rejected from art school and also not having my other uni type experience work out I was like failure doesn't really matter anymore (laughs) it's kind of liberating when you're like when you realize that actually you get knocked down you just pick yourself back up again like and i started to see that there were other options out there i realized i think quite quickly that like a big company was never going to take someone like me because Mm -hmm. at the time it was very much if you didn't have a degree then we wouldn't consider you you know it would literally be on our job description degrees only
0: yeah yeah
1: that wasn't the case anymore and you know like thank god um but I started to kind of understand that actually, you know, my alternative career path story does yeah. fit with a certain community. It's just yeah. I've never really been told that that community exists, and that's yeah. the startup world. That's small companies who are quite scra- who are quite scrappy, yeah. who need people like me who are just like I will wh- I will do whatever job you know like that's fine, yeah. and I'm so there for it. Yeah. And I think that is the mistake that a lot of people end up making often is that they don't know about the other options out there other than the massive companies. Yeah. Um, I had to learn that, you know, and I did that quite quickly, which is good. Um
0: and that is and, and it's exactly it's, it's so I just sort of had quite a light bulb moment there. And um and, and it is that fail fast. You fail yeah. fast, you go again, you fail fast, which is exactly the startup entrepreneurial. agile working um spirit ah and where did you land then when you got your first kind of job
1: yeah so i started working i applied for a job on gumtree which i would not recommend anyone do (laughs) it's a dangerous place in this day and age i think yeah (laughs) just be careful um yeah but what's great, I think, about platforms—not like Gumtree, but similar ones now—is that you yeah. often have companies who don't really have much budget, so they tend right. to be quite small and quite scrappy themselves. Anyway, startup vibes. Yeah, they use those kind of platforms to advertise for jobs because they don't have any money to spend on a jobs platform. <laughs> like,
0: uh, yeah, because I thought people just sold dogs on Gumtrees. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you okay. Most of them do. I had to look right. quite hard for the job. Yeah
0: yeah okay
1: so so there's like twitter i would say if anyone's looking for a job right now twitter is a great place to look lots of companies small companies who don't have budget to put out you know oh. job they use platforms like twitter to advertise because it's free oh. um, yeah. so it's like entry-level jobs um yeah. so i applied on gumtree to this company called my jam communications I had no idea. They were PR. I was like, I don't know what PR is. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get over my imposter syndrome pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, they call me in for an interview. I think they were only interviewing like one other person. And that was because they yeah. needed someone so quickly they didn't have the time. And I just mm-hmm. so happened to be a bit more like amiable, probably. Yeah. It was a ridiculously small salary, £16,000, which probably is the equivalent of about What twenty thousand maybe at this kind of time? Yeah, Uh, it was in Hoban in London. Yeah, great. Yeah, Uh, they were all about restaurant PR. So they they, there were only four of them: so two founders and two other um, employees, and then there was me. Um, and we looked after like high end restaurants. Yes. Who had no idea that it was such a disaster behind the scenes at their, you know, PR company. They clearly had too much faith in us because it was <laughs> payoff. <Yeah. Stay> <laughs> um high-end restaurants um doing their Twitter, doing yeah. their Instagram wasn't out at this time. So right. uh LinkedIn, I don't think was really a thing either. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, yeah, of course, Facebook. Yeah, yeah and um writing press releases and stuff like that which was a huge learning curve i'd never had any experience in any of this by the way yeah like I didn't know anything so okay. I, yeah in at the deep end they gave me the job right. i started like 2 days after they employed after they uh, interviewed me
0: yeah and and how did you kind of manage the make ends meet like say did you have to relocate to london did you live there anyway
1: Yes. So I was very lucky. I have family that live in London. So I was able to, however, I did have to walk because I couldn't afford the tube. I walked an hour and a half every day there and an hour and a half back. Wow. Yeah. Um, It wasn't (laughs) a quick commute. Um, I had to do that basically for the whole year and a half that I was there. And then sometimes if my parents were feeling really, you know, I guess kind of generous. (laughs) Yeah six months they'd be like here's an extra hundred pounds for you to afford the tube for like five days because it's not- <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like back to walking
0: <laughs> yeah and do you know what you reminded me of um uh Tom who I interviewed uh, and it's the common people connection but he said his sort of break in fashion marketing which was in London he could only have done that because his family lived in the London area he said if he had had to have commuted he would just wouldn't have happened um and 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 likewise i think it was living on not very much and walking just always walking um
1: it is it is literally it's it's so lucky to be able to have someone in a big city who is you can stay with for free like that is such a privilege and yeah i didn't really complain while i was (laughs) on (laughs) something i was like oh, i'm so lucky to be able to do this in the first place but it was and it because it for like a whole year that was it
0: yeah <laughs> and um uh and what happened from there then so got, got pr for restaurants you learn about press releases managing social media what happens next
1: so i was i i left my jam communications after about a year and a bit Mm -hmm. and then I went to go and work at a company called decoded who were a tech startup who like wanted someone who could manage social medias and stuff like that kind of like similar stuff they were I was the second ever employee there as well so the fact that I had been such an early stage company really worked for them because they were like someone who has worked in such a small team because they really get it they understand the structures or processes and that it is chaos um I worked there basically. Their company is amazing. They teach people how to code. There's their flagship yeah. yeah. course where they I'm so sorry, let me just turn off my Slack, which is really annoying.
0: <laughs> this is how I know you're creative. Just got like Slack popping up. I've never never used it. Never used so
1: well. it. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> um so um so I did that um, I really enjoyed that. Again, basically, My Jam Commun- Communications was a great company to work at for the first year of, you know, working, but it wasn't yeah. going, uh, and it definitely wasn't growing. Whereas I started at Decoded, and it was, like, obviously on track to do something amazing. Yeah. i so lucky to be the second-ever employee there. That was unbelievable. The founders, there were four founders, so quite a lot. That's way more founders than yeah. most companies have. Um, and there was this one woman called Catherine Parsons, who is like, a, you know, an advisor to the government now and has been for like years and years and years.
0: Right.
1: She is basically pioneered like women coding and things like that and like mm. kids coding. Yeah. And she became this really big name and I was able to basically work with her for like, um... uh, 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 basically next to her for the entirety of yeah. my time. I learned so much from this woman because yeah. I was, have a front row seat at all times yeah. to have, like having big conversations making big decisions networking yeah. with people like she took me under her wing for a little bit and honestly it was fascinating seeing her you know just forging connections with people getting PR yeah she, like, she did a phenomenal job she's unbelievable at sales I was so lucky but I would yeah. never have got that experience if I hadn't gone into the startup world if I hadn't shied away from looking yeah. at those traditional career path and then going into a big company like that's the benefit of working in a small business is you can like through osmosis get all of this information that the people that run it are doing
0: yeah and and it's so true it's that the the stuff that you learn in big corporates is how to operate in a big corporate um and i learned because i worked with small businesses while i was at microsoft and i learned a huge amount from their founders that I wouldn't have got anywhere else so yeah. how did um how did those experiences kind of set you up into that when you're coming into that founder space
1: uh I think the big thing for me that I actually I love talking about is the fact that um by surrounding myself with people who are like in that world mm the founders, as well as the other employees who, on the whole, like 90% of them went on to go and start their own businesses. Yeah. Like, it's a world where people are like permanently taking risks in the traditional sense, or in the sense that school tells you about. Yeah. School only tells you about one path, you know? Yeah. You need, go get a stable job where someone else is paying your salary, right? Yeah. And everything else, they classify everything else as risky. But yeah. it's, not, it's really not. It's just they've only normalized that specific pathway. And what I did through like working in startups is I normalized the other pathways. Someone else was paying my salary, but I was able to have a front row seat to the fact that people were running businesses and lots of the employees left to go and run their own businesses. And it just yeah. totally risked that way of living for me. And yeah. when I thought about starting up my own business, it was like, oh yeah, it could be scary, but I might as well give it a go, you know, yeah. it was it was amazing, and I think that is such a, it's such a, it's such a simple thing, because you're basically just like normalizing risk.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true, it's so true, and um, before we sort of get into that, how Eric was founded, was there, a, between Decoded and Eric, is there a story to tell, or was that your next step?
1: yeah so um i've like lived a couple of lives i guess Um, that was my employee life and then yeah. i convinced my now business partner basically to quit her job and be a freelancer with me <laughs> we formed a little business um yeah. and she was a chartered accountant at pwc so she was on that she went down that very like mm. kind of standard route yeah uh, and she absolutely hated it she yeah. wanted creative originally as well like but she um was discouraged by her parents and also school yeah and she ended up yeah like I say becoming an accountant at PwC <laughs> Anyway, so we, I convinced her to quit that <laughs>
0: yeah uh, how did you do that so I'm, I'm wondering what Catherine taught you about influencing others <laughs> to make your friend quit her job
1: <laughs> absolutely um I you know I think um I got her a little bit hooked by asking her to do some stuff on the side of her job which she did and then I think she kind of really began to be like oh actually there is another life out there for me this doesn't Mm. have to be it forever um it's a lot easier to quit your job when you have someone else convincing you to do it rather than making that decision alone um and so I think I definitely she she was ready to jump she just needed to be pushed a little bit and I think that was what I did yeah um
0: so it told me about what Eric does
1: yes okay um Eric has taken like a couple of different formats so um, the mission has always been the same to like help young people learn about what it's like to work in the creative industries and give them the tools to be able to do that basically yeah um, the first vehicle that we used was like, uh, like blog, like a online magazine, but this yeah. was like eight years ago. So it was when wow. Tumblr blogs were everywhere. Yes. We were not, we didn't have a good USP. Like we were no. not cutting the noise. No one was finding the blog. And so we yeah. ended up putting it on pause basically, but that like was Eric in its first format. And that was eight yeah. years ago. It was mad. Wow. Um, then the second vehicle which actually did end up taking off this is when Eric really began to kind of we began to grow a business from it yeah we decided to redo careers fairs because we noticed that none of the careers fairs out there focused on the creative industries this was about yeah. seven years ago yeah. none of them focused on the creative industries and also they were really really boring you and I we can make a careers fair that people actually want to go to and focus on the creative industries. Yeah. So We did that and it took off really quite quickly and we weren't prepared for that to happen. But it ended up turning into like a proper business. Wow. Um, and we had, you know, we would have like 2000 people signing up to the event every single time we did it. And it was nuts. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and we had, you know, big brands who wanted to sponsor it as well. You know, they wanted to. Yeah make sure that young people were aware that their company existed as an employment option. The focus yeah. of the events was always about educating young people and, again, giving them the tools to be able to take those next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then companies basically saw it as an opportunity to, I guess, kind of promote themselves as employers. Yeah, uh, It was always, always free for young people, and it still is. Um, yeah. so it's really important to us so that happened that went on that kind of format of Eric went on until the pandemic yeah many of your listeners will know put an end to all of the events out there yeah yeah Yeah. and so um we realized that we everyone was just transferring their events online we knew that everyone was going to get event fatigue like we were like yeah you know and so we were like Rather than we don't know how long this is going to go on for, and rather than just doing what everyone else is doing and doing online events, let's come up with a, a like a scalable, more efficient way of communicating what we want to communicate, but in a way where young people can access it whenever they want, wherever they want. Because that's the yeah. problem: with events is you yeah. can reach a limited amount of people in a very specific you know moment in space and time, yeah, in a specific location. And that, you know, our ambition was bigger than just a couple of events. Like we wanted everyone in the UK, every young person in the UK to have access to Eric whenever they wanted. Yeah. So that's when we had to like pivot as a business. Um, And now the current format of Eric, which is what we think will be the ever, you know, long lasting forever version. Is an app, a free app for young people to download where we give them everything that we were giving them via the events and the blog, which is access to, you know, what goes on in the creative industries and, again, the tools to be able to dip your toe in the water, take those next steps towards getting a career. So that's what we
0: did. And did you have to seek um, investor funding to get your app up and running?
1: Yes. So we have had a number of investment rounds over Mm -hmm. the last two, three years, however long the pandemic going on for oh my god it is yeah forever. yeah <laughs> it'd be 40 years I don't know yeah. um and um investment is a very long arduous stressful journey um yeah. also rounds is a very loose term I feel like it's right. important to clarify that um it's not always done in rounds it actually can just be like an ongoing drip feed of money that you're raising from various different high net worth individuals yeah and that is absolutely fine and so like we've kind of been doing a little bit of both basically we're about the okay. around now so
0: and do you know I um follow Cindy Gallup on LinkedIn and she shared some stats about something like like 98.7% of investing goes to men just like for god's sake um, how does it feel to is it different in the creative industry do you get how, how do you approach that knowing that things are stacked very unfairly what do you do to kind of motivate yourself put yourself in the best light
1: oh big question great question um so <laughs> um also it's harder if you're um raising for the creative industries as well because mm. investors do not understand how lucrative and money-making the creative industries is everyone tends to have a pre-internet definition of the creative industry still in their heads mm. so- right like part of the battle is convincing people that the creative industries is super money making and like those investors just are behind the times they don't want to hear that (laughs) they don't take that very well i wonder why uh yeah (laughs) two women telling old men that they don't know anything (laughs) that does not (laughs) think in the way you think it will um so, so it's like extra hard Um, and then on top of that, we also, our app is free for young people. And it's all about helping people learn about the creative industries, which lots of people immediately put into the category of charity. So we've got, we've made life very hard for ourselves. However, we are convincing people. Like we still, we've raised investment, you know, it's great. There are a couple of things happening in the investment world that are helpful. Like, um, the creator economy, for example, is a big buzz phrase. Um, yeah. and so the word creative is being associated more with creator economy which investors do understand is very money making right. so some of that argument has been you know I guess kind of pushed to the side but anyway um the question was actually sorry that was, you can tell that I am have- no
0: no but that's like that's so interesting because I think it's reminded me that did you share a stat about the value of the yeah. creative industry is far greater than something else that was big so uh, I would love to know more about that and and I think it would surprise a lot of people
1: I'm so glad you asked I have so many stats I will reel off some quick ones okay so um, the creative industries is actually worth 117 I think it might be 120 actually now in the um, report that came out last year 120 billion pounds to the UK economy that is more than oil and gas um engineering aerospace and automotive combined so the creative wow. contributes more than all of those that we're so used to hearing are very rich like all of those yeah. industries, people wouldn't bat an eyelid out of being like oh they're very you know lucrative people just assume the creative yeah. industry contributes far more far more than all of those combined the creative industries is growing at five times the rate of the rest of the uk economy like it's so like it is scaling up like nothing else and that is because um, everyone keeps banging on about digital skills over 50% of digital skills that are required for young people to enter the workforce are actually creative digital skills so okay. things like photoshop editing content creation social media yeah. management like these are all in the creative industries um yeah. and then the final one that I'll leave you with people always think the creative industries is Um, you know, art, music and drama or whatever that's it. It's actually 16 different sectors and that's all of the classics like fashion, music, art. Yeah. But it also includes things like advertising, marketing, um, design, media and like really new industries like VFX and animation or gaming. Those have really been around like properly mainstream for the last like 20 years. So, yeah.
0: And on that point, I think with gaming, um, certainly I know that they are the biggest, one of the biggest um, users of data, creators of data, empowering a lot of the technology investments and requirements. But yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't think of it like that. Oh, I love it.
1: it's, it's so funny because I've been I've been investigating this space for so many years now. I know exactly what the problem is. Um, the creative industries have done a terrible job of communicating how much they've changed. Like It's as simple as that. Yeah. And then as a result, everyone is inheriting a perspective of what their parents think the creative industries looks like because their parents don't know any better. They haven't been told. And kids obviously listen to what their parents say, which makes sense, you know, and teachers around them and stuff like that. But the adults, it, it, it's not their fault. It's that they haven't been equipped with up-to-date information and they have outdated perspectives. And now young people need, we need to like intercept the messaging. And that's what we're, that's what I'm trying to do with Eric.
0: And and actually there's something in there. Um, and it was a question that I'd kind of written down about making money as a creative. And I know people who are artists Um, someone I used to work with he had to have a a job for 20 odd years and now he is an artist full time and is Is living his kind of dream and selling great work and putting on exhibitions and I think I had thought and perhaps incorrectly that you can't make and yet now I do make money as a creative but I think I'd thought as you say it's really really hard to make money if you are a creative individual yeah. but not so
1: but, and that is not your fault again like it's not your <laughs> duty to go and like you know do yeah. research on the creative industries when it's not part you know it's not yeah. in your job or in your remit or whatever like that's the job of the creative industries and there are organizations yeah. out there whose job it is literally to communicate the wealth of the creative industries it's it's yeah. how like, inefficient they've been at communicating that stem yeah. like Like the STEM industries, I always think are amazing in terms of a blueprint for how you can communicate the breadth of jobs, the, you know, how lucrative it is, all of these, you know, like interesting training things and stuff like that. Look at how much people are talking about STEM now and they weren't 15 years ago. And that's because the industries have done such a good job of communicating that to parents, students, teachers, schools, you know, all of these things. They've put time and effort into making sure that they are valued as a sector and the creative industry is permanently being weighed down I would say by the misunderstanding that it's not the arts. Um, Yeah. Of the creative industries but the creative industries haven't done anything to disrupt that message or that misconception.
0: Yeah.
1: going on this and the frustration you can feel is real
0: <laughs> i know but i think that's a really great way to put it to say like the creative industries is not just the art yeah. and and i think that would open people's eyes it would really open people's eyes um and i know i went to talk at a school and i was saying how i do a lot of writing for tech leaders do a lot of ghost writing and then i was talking to them about Copyrighty things like that and one of the girls was like well how does that fit with tech and i was like right you know like companies have websites <laughs> she's like yeah but somebody has to write that stuff <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. and, unless like chat GPT just ruins everything but um quite possibly <laughs> yeah so that's quite it's 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 really interesting to me so if if you've got someone um the young person creatively minded they can use the Eric app uh, and how would they? and what I'll do is I'll put links to this in the um, show notes. Um, what's what's your idea? Because I guess when you create an app, you have to create a journey, um, but what journey does the young person go on when they look at Eric and how does it help them navigate where they want to go?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, So, um... The journey that they go on at the moment is: Do you want? Do you want from you know where they find us or (laughs) like when they
0: go? Let's let's assume they've got the app because every young person in the UK has got it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Every young person, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What happens next?
1: Um, Okay, so um, they go on the app. They can do three things on the app. Um, They can explore upskill and then get some sort of access to work. So um, they can explore the creative industries. Um, What does that mean? What are the 16 different industries? Like how do I get access? You know, um, what are the different pathways in? Stuff like that. Upskill is um, dip your toe in the water. So we're actually, um, the data is showing us that people are enjoying this section the most out of all of those. So we're going to actually scale up this bit um so uh access to free training schemes events workshops um competitions grants stuff like that anything that will help them learn more about how to I guess give them an edge maybe on getting a career in the creative industries help them dip their toe in the water get the skills that they need in order to be able to do that and then um finally the get work bit that's like internships and apprenticeships and then a couple of entry level jobs but we're not heavy on that bit it's more just kind of you know the first yeah. like, step in yeah. but the interesting thing about the app and this the important thing to say is that we actually don't create any of that stuff ourselves so mm-hmm. what we recognized uh the problem that young people were having when we decided to pivot back in um uh, when the pandemic hit we did a lot of research with our audience who were coming to our events and we were like what actually is the yeah. issue why are you coming to our events like what is the gap there in your kind of why can't you do that at home why aren't you accessing all of the yeah. at our events at you know from the comfort of your own bedroom or wherever it is mm-hmm. and they were like we really struggled to find anything that is helpful for us on the internet like mm-hmm. where do we look like social media is saturated so if you type yeah. in anything get rubbish coming up google is just based on good seo it's not based on what actually is most relevant to you yeah. and their job boards are you know normally for everything from you know above where we're looking for we're just looking for the entry bit you know yeah so it seemed to be that all of the platforms that they were using were inefficient not designed for what they wanted and so they were coming to our events to like get all of that learning information and like the training schemes that the upskilling bit and all of that kind of stuff And so we were like, all we need to do is we just need to be a kind of collection. We need to collect all the stuff for them from across the internet and then bring it all into one centralized hub so that they can browse really easily. Yeah. Choose what's right for them. And so that's what the app is. We actually don't create any of the stuff ourselves. We just scout for all of the best stuff that can be helpful for them in the creative industries across the internet yeah. And we just link to it all on the app. And it works so well. People love it. Saves them yeah. like hours of time of searching online.
0: Yeah. It just makes perfect sense as well. You're like, yeah. well, of course. Of
1: course. Discovery platform.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, um what do you think sort of for you, what has put you in good stead throughout your career so far? What do you think um yeah you know, has helped you to bounce back, thrive? create the thing that you wished had been there, perhaps
1: when you were at college? Um, I think there's a couple of things. I think I am like a dog with a bone when I like (laughs) figure out, when I see a problem or something, I'm like such a nosy parker. Like if there's a question I want to answer, I will like be like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, like it's so annoying, I'm such a nuisance. And like, I am like a dog with a bone when I see that there's a problem that needs to be solved. Like, I can't sleep until I solve it. (laughs) And I feel like, what is interesting about Eric is that we all come across problems in our lives, right? Where we're like, oh, you could solve that. But then it doesn't always get the reaction that you're like, oh, well, that definitely needs to be. Sometimes you're like, "Mm, probably needs to be solved, but maybe not today, you know? Yeah. With Eric, the problem that we're solving is like, every time we speak to anyone about it it's like oh my god I needed that or I need that I know someone that needs that yeah and the reaction is just so phenomenally positive every single time every single time that I'm like I know this is a problem that needs solving and so I'm still like a dog with a bone seven years (laughs) I'm like not gonna let it go yeah Uh, I'd say that is like the passion and the obsession with what we do is really like every time I failed with Eric. Yeah. We pick ourselves back up and do it again. But then in a wider context, throughout the whole of my, the whole of my, you know, life, I think I have a real problem with authority.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mark the true artist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just a typical person, I think, probably. I'm I'm also not very good at being an artist, I feel like just, <laughs> probably not a very good artist. Um but I I just like I cannot have someone tell me what to do. And that was very transparent in a classroom environment, very transparent in a uni environment, very transparent in a work environment, I think. I got to a point where I was like, I've learned enough, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I've learned all I can here, so I'm going to move on. And yeah. that, basically, throughout my whole life, has actually like given me the confidence, or like it's more like the indignance. I would say <laughs> I would pursue my own career path because I'm like, well, you like I'm just gonna do my own thing. And I think there's a kind of like, yeah, I would say like a kind of i don't want to say like arrogance but like you know here, you know people who are immature often have it right where they're like i know best i'm still having <laughs> that like i still have that uh, I, I think
0: no it's within that there's something that's sort of so encouraging it's that if you feel like you know you don't fit or this doesn't work, so, or you know, like you know there's something better out there for you, or you're an indignant dog with a bone. Um, but it's possible. I think this is what I really take from what you've had to say. And and many people are put in those positions where they feel like in education they're they're told that no you're not good enough for this or you won't be that and then they go into the workplace and they're told no you can't have a five in your annual review because you can't do this and then you're like well I'm not inherently a bad person I have yeah. we all have something to offer the world and you have found a way to make that come to life
1: absolutely um, honestly I think that actually is such a wonderful way of putting it like Um, like no one is a bad person they're just not in the environment that is they're able to thrive in and that is exactly it and I think I always knew that like people were like it's so bad to say but like they were trying to fit I was like a round what do you call it a square peg and they were trying to fit me into a round hole I was just like no I don't want to go in the round hole (laughs) (laughs) where's all my square peggers you know (laughs) I feel like I feel like there's, you know, that was the great thing I think about. I don't regret any of my journey, definitely, because I've learned so much along the way. And I, I kind of, people need to know earlier on than they are told that there are lots of square peg people over here, so you can yeah. go and the tribe. But you know, everyone is kind of, I told that, they they need to fit a box, you know, again. And it's like ugh, some of us don't like boxes.
0: <laughs> no, but I yeah. I love that. It's to know early on that it's going to be all right and there's a load of square peg people <laughs> over there um what's next is it, without you know uh frightening any investors <laughs> have you got a have you got a sense of what's what's to come or something you would like to
1: yes. happen um yeah so like obviously the aim is to grow the app as much as possible like we genuinely want it to be in the hands of every young person whenever they want whenever they want it like
0: yeah
1: um and i think that is that is our big aim across the uk globally as well you know there is an everyone is experiencing the same issue still which is no one really knows what the creative industries is and how lucrative the careers are so like there is a growing demand for the product that we have created and yeah. we see that there's a growing demand because we have more and more people downloading the app every single day, um, yeah. and more and more people wanting to work with us as well. More and more companies who are part of the yeah. creative industries being like, "Can I please, you know, show my internship to your young people?" Because we are a very rich and you know amazing company in the creative industries, so and no one knows we exist. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And so, like, yeah. more requests like that every single day. Um, so there's a definite need for what we do so they're just scaling that up, basically. But okay. on a, a, because I'm a little bit ADHD and I, you know, love a project, I've actually yeah. just become. I just feel like it's fun to say this, just become a um, qualified yoga instructor. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste indeed. <laughs> <laughs> to say that. Like, <laughs> um, and so for me, as a side thing, I'm basically teaching yoga and it keeps me... Much more calm than I This is me on a calm day. Just so you know,
0: <laughs> I've felt well, you know I've been doing yoga with Adrian quite a while, but I I think <laughs> I'd be standing up for yoga with Sam because you know oh my, my gosh, energy.
1: You'll be my first and only. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Um, and it would be wrong of me not to ask. Eric, is it an acronym? Yes. Got, what, why the really name? Yeah
1: um two questions that we always get immediately so i'm surprised it's taken this long (laughs) um which is what is that well who is eric where did the name come from and second is how do you make money (laughs) yeah (laughs) perplexed by that um so eric is an acronym it stands for empower represent immerse and create which are the four pillars of eric if you will um and we want everyone to feel at least, you know, one of those things when they download the Eric app. So it's mm-hmm. it's very important. There's, those values are very, very important to us.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um how do you make money then? You put it out
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, so companies pay us to advertise things like internships, training programs, mentoring schemes, competitions, stuff like that, anything careers related like that. the app so
0: perfect and uh so when people download the app on their favorite app store what should they be searching for
1: great question um eric creative careers um but i think if you just type eric careers it comes up we're actually in number i want to say six on the maybe even lower than that maybe we're four on the list of recommended career apps on the store if you guys want to check it out.
0: Wow, yeah. Well, I'll um, speak to my sixth former, get her to download it, give you a rating, share it around.
1: Um, Only five stars are accepted, by the way. (laughs) Only five. five, I mean, only five stars.
0: I mean, that's the only rating there is, surely.
1: If it's under five stars, we don't want it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, And so if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to offer investment or feedback or they want to know more, where can they find you?
1: Yes. Okay. So um, I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, So please do connect with me, Samantha Hornsby. Mm -hmm. if you want to take a look at what Eric does on social media, um, you can uh, have a look on Instagram or TikTok. The handle is at the Eric app. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you want to just check out our website, um, that's meet, M-E-E-T, hyphen, eric.com, E-R-I-C.com. Lovely. Well, I've
0: just really enjoyed this. Um, I think it's one of my favorite episodes. It's been fun fun
1: I really enjoyed it as well thank you so much for interviewing me I've <laughs> wonderful questions I feel it's lovely to go down memory lane and look at my you know back at my journey it's very important.
0: yeah well maybe you know give it a couple of years when you've gone global uh have you <laughs> have you back on we're manifesting we're just gonna do it <laughs>
1: so many positive vibes coming from this I agree we've got to manifest these things <laughs> yeah oh, thanks Sam <laughs> thanks so much